United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. A dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects Fantastic. Cora is incapable of silence. Not only did it take her 45 turns to lay down, but now that she has laid down, she's not laying down. In fact, she's perfectly stiff with her head kind of in the air. She's like just struggling to breathe. Dude, you you don't even know. If you thought watching her do 47 turns to lay down was insane, you don't even want it walking her. Walking her. I've had to walk her. She's it, insane. Oh, yeah, you have. You've let my dogs out She before. will only poop in one spot, and it's a block away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she has to do, like, 200 turns, and if mm-hmm. the wind, like, just blows at the wrong direction by a degree, it starts yeah. the whole process over. If a butterfly flaps its wings in China. <laughs> yeah, and she- the thing is, is while that's happening, you can't pull her leash. Starts the process over. It has to be like dangling yeah, above her. It yep. can't hit her again. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, Apollo's going fucking crazy trying yeah. to just run around. So you have to like the chi that you have to focus <laughs> in your body is just like you have to be like gently water on one side while Apollo's going crazy. And then like a fucking oak on the yeah. other so that you don't move oh, yeah. for Cora. It's so it's so ridiculous. So I actually put Apollo around my waist now. And yeah. so he has less room to pull and I've got a better center of gravity and it works amazing. And he, I just tell him to sit and he'll just sit and wait for Cora to do her thing. But it's just like, what do the people who live next to me think? Also, hey, what's up? My name's Noelle. Um, because I've got this motherfucker like pulling the opposite direction <laughs> from me. Like his full body weight. He's Michael Jackson leaning like away <laughs> from me. And then I've got my hand, like a delicate ballerina <laughs> wrist, to yep. the sky, holding Cora's leash so it doesn't accidentally graze the tip of her ear while she's yep. doing her forty-seven and laps. For those who don't know, um, Apollo is a beautiful husky, mm-hmm. and Cora is an abomination, <laughs> like fucking pug mix. Thing. She's she's a pug French bulldog. Yeah, she's cute. Don't get me wrong. Also, hi, I'm Chelsea. Um, the one time that I walked, I've seen you walk Apollo before, but you never appreciate the power of a dog until they're in your hands. So when <laughs> I came over to walk him, I had Apollo like stretch leash all the way out in front of me. I'm in the middle and then Cora stretch leash all the way behind mm-hmm. me. Apollo just goes. I was wearing my respectable clogs. So I fall <laughs> all the way down the stairs and Cora just gets slingshotted down the stairs behind me and she's just like (laughs) the whole way down I collapse into the mailboxes and I'm just like god damn it Apollo and Cora's happy she thinks it's a game he's just shitting liquid like he normally does just all over the sidewalk and I'm like oh well well don't have the capacity to clean that up because I don't have a hose (laughs) And that was just Apollo. That was, the thing yeah. about Apollo is he's a fucking cunt. Because, like, you have to tell him he'll stop at every stair. He will. You just have to tell him to. Yeah. You have to say, even if you just say his name, you go, Apollo. Yeah, and he took advantage wait. of me. Yeah, he did. And he will. If you don't f- tell him no, he will push you to your limits. And then, and then, while we're shitting on your dogs... Cora mm-hmm. attacked Puffin, my precious, <laughs> she precious Puffin. So weird. Cora is like, Cora has no beef with anybody, but she got attacked by a pit bull. It broke through its fence and got us. Meanwhile, Apollo is just who fucking cares, could care less about e- either of us dying. He was just observing the whole thing. <laughs> Managing the situation, <laughs> supervising. <laughs> so fucking stupid piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Cora's like in this dog's mouth, just getting like like a crocodile death <laughs> yes, spin, whipping around, and I'm just beating the shit yeah, out of you. Yeah, you're just giving it like a one-two, like yeah, shadow boxing haymakers. <laughs> Dumb bitch Apollo supervising. Standing <laughs> <just> there, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even. Um, and it changed her, man. Yeah. Like, 
she's she's picky about the dogs that roll up on her and like no offense actually all offense every single person who's on this neighborhood has the worst dogs in the world like the people who just moved in on this floor Mm -hmm. all the way down they have this like this mix it's like a whitish tan dog mix and it is fucking evil and this stupid girl doesn't know how to control it we were walking around by my car and it was coming out and met us Mm -hmm. and obviously it was like being aggressive and so i was walking apollo and trevor was walking cora and i can see her just like it's bullying the owner it's just it's pulling her towards us as it's like (laughs) and so i'm like trevor grab cora like pick her up and then I've got Apollo fully wrapped. There's no more lead. And we're yeah. up against the fence. And the dog is still coming at us. And she's like, sorry. And I was like, control your dog. Yeah. Dude, it's like Puffin's a little guy. He's little. He was super aggressive when I got him. And then we had to go to dog school for a year to mm-hmm. like not do that. Yeah. It's like take fucking responsibility. Yeah. To handle your dog. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous because, like, Apollo is so non-aggressive and he yeah. was getting, like, nipped at as I'm literally, like, there's nowhere else for me to throw him. We've been pushed up against the fence yeah. now. Like, I have nothing. There's nothing else I can do. It's, like, all of these shitty. And, of course, like, we got attacked by that dog. There was another time when we were walking and a dog had escaped its yard and mm-hmm. came charging after us. And it, like, had full hair up. It was, like, some sort of collie mix without a tail. Yeah. And it, like, gotten snar. I had Trevor pick up Cora again, and it was snarling in front of us. And I just, like, um, the the wrath of Khan, man. I just looked at that dog, and I was like, fuck off, like, so loud. And it ran away. Yeah. It did fuck off. That's why I carry, like, mace, like, mm. when I take Puffin on walks, because I will blast your dog. I'll blast you for the inconvenience. Like, yeah. it drives me nuts when dogs bully Puffin. Because you saw Puffin. He's like, no, leave me alone. I'm a pacifist these days. Yeah. Uh, and it makes me so fucking crazy. I'm yeah. like, I'll, I will punch your dog. And then yeah. I'll punch you. Yeah. And then I will go to your kid's school. Punch I will them. check them out. And then I will punch them on the playground while everyone's watching. It's true. And they'll live with that humiliation for the rest of their life. It's so true, man. I like, all I wanted to do is fist fight that girl. Um... But yeah, anyway, that's dog corner. (laughs) Our dogs are perfect. Handle your dogs because our dogs are good all the time. Sometimes. I mean, now Cora's all jaded and shit. Yeah. But to be fair, Puffin didn't know he was getting attacked because her face is too flat to grab Yeah, she can't hurt anything. So Puffin just lifted up one little paw and was like, a fuck? Yeah. And that was like Puffin's reaction. Yeah, she can't. She couldn't hurt if she wanted to. The thing with Cora, she makes the sounds, obviously. Yeah. As she makes sounds just existing. Her going balls to the wall full force sounds horrific. Yeah, it was just loud. Yeah. Just like how her breathing or just sleeping sounds horrific. Yeah, she looks like a little ghoulie. Yeah. She's a little nasty goblin. So cute. She's gross. Yeah. Um, speaking of gross. Speaking of disgusting. Actually, it's not that disgusting. We are taking um episode recommendations from listeners, and one of yeah. the pieces of recommended material was more cryptid shit yeah who recommended that one do you have the screenshot up no <laughs> not anymore shout out to you though shout out to you yeah um also a fun piece of news someone took over our instagram and oh, stole yeah. it and noelle got it back somehow yeah. by having your phone number saved yeah it had my phone number saved so but i was able to when she had gotten it I was like, she okay, so she goes, are you in the podcast? And I said, no, I don't think I've ever logged in. Shout out to me being a piece of shit. Great job. Um, and then she was like, oh, someone stole it. So I messaged them nicely if we could have it back. And then by that time, Noelle had gotten it back. Yeah, no, this like, happened a while ago, but we forgot to mention it. Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. It's so, so fucking weird. Yeah. People are weird. Ah, Josh Keita. There you go. Josh, thank you. So, um... <clears throat> Bit of a cryptid, also a bit of a knot. Also, I'm going to turn the fucking heat off every fucking time I forget. Um, well, I mean, I guess it's a bit of a cryptid if you want to believe it's like the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. But I don't think it is. No, so, I don't think it is either. So um, anyway, 
Let's get into this. Okay. So, a little bit of background. During World War One and Two, widespread modern weaponry, such as biological agents and machine guns, became the standard use between the Axis and Allied forces. The German Empire attempted to gain the upper hand over Allies by, sh- um, by like, raining a relentless assault on them through submarine attacks. And one of these submarine models, the SMU-28, was one of the most successful destroyers, um, despite only four ever being built these this like tiny little fleet of four managed to sink 40 ships damage two and capture another two as military prizes which is pretty wild yeah like i feel like if your navy like four versus 40 that's like so like what each one racks up 10 let's yeah. just say also i just need everyone to know my coworker just tried to facetime me during this uh mm-hmm. the beginning of this podcast and i denied it and he just texted me, just thinking about your Great Depression thought. Um, <laughs> so, so for anyone wondering real quick, <laughs> um, for whatever reason, um, a company that will not be named wants to reference the comeback of its vertical or its like um, area where it's in, like the travel industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it wants to represent this time that's going to come once everyone is vaccinated. Nice, Apollo. <laughs> Just farting of a storm. <laughs> and all that shit. They're like, this is our version. He woke himself up from farting. Sniffing <laughs> <laughs> his own butt, wondering what happened. Gross. Apollo, don't be nasty. <laughs> um, they're like, this is our roaring 20s. They're like, once every, once the vaccine is like even distributed and like, we're going to have our version of the roaring 20s. People are mm-hmm. going to be out spending money, partying, blah 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 and you're like okay but do you guys forget what the roaring 20s specifically brought into reality like because of the way the economy went off in the roaring 20s and the way that like credit was created and all this other shit like it single-handedly was the lighting match to the great depression yeah um so like the roaring 20s historically should be a warning not a guide and so we were having a um this was being brought up and your work is like no 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 people wore flapper dresses and they pottied yeah. and they'd all talk like this and everyone drank champagne i don't know what <laughs> yeah. that one was really <laughs> i can't do it I, I think it's called like a transcontinental yeah, transatlantic continental. And I was like, like you got the screaming, maybe. Now I can't. Yeah, you got see, you I'm fucked sorry. me up. I did I it great. How about you come over here, see? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come over and see me sometime? I yeah, like and that. Was, yeah, that. got it, um, got it. And like my eyes accidentally rolled um, while this was happening, and my coworker screenshotted my face and sent it to me, and was like, <laughs> "Well, what you think about?" Yeah. <laughs> and oh I said, God. "The Great Depression." <laughs> 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 so he wanted me to elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, You're like, Google man. it. Yeah. I mean, uh, oh we'd love to see Lord. it. Anyway, everyone go Google why the <laughs> Roaring Twenties were bad. Yeah. Um, so. Speaking of bad, it's always, it's never a good sign when Germany has war technology that's really good. Yeah, right. Speaking of something that very... Like, kicked off the 20s. We're talking about 1918. You Love know. that. Let's model all of our time off of this, right? Um, so, yeah, the the MVPs of the German fleet so far are these U-boats. Which is unfortunate because, you know, if we're talking 1920s, 1930s, the last thing you want is any MVPs on the German team. Right, yeah, <laughs> not I good, know. Not a good sign. Seriously. And uh, so one of the more contentious areas of the ocean that we're really going to focus on for this episode was the North Channel, which connects the Irish Sea with the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a really crucial area for the British, but their shipments were like constantly being targeted between Ulster and southwestern Scotland. And it was directly impacting their ability to keep supplies coming and going throughout the war. And a lot of these supplies were coming from the United States trying to help out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... 
At the most narrow point of the channel, ships and submarines only had about 12 miles of ocean to maneuver through, and the German U-boats were totally relentless in their attacks. Um, So in the month of April 1918 alone, German U-boats had sunk nearly 280,000 tons of Allied goods on these boats at that time. not great. Right. Yeah. And this was stuff that was helping um, Europe... And all of the allied forces fucking survive. Um, It was trying to get shit in and out of Britain. So it was absolutely devastating. Um, And that, like, literally 12 miles is nothing. we're talking World War I right now. Yeah. And uh, so in only 12 miles, like, that's really hard for you to try to navigate through. And that's the only way that they could go. So pretty much it was like a death squad. Like, every guy who got on a boat at that time was just flipping a coin on whether or not they were going to die. Yeah, dude. World War One was, like, kind of uh, not great. And to think that, like, all these supply chains were being taken down, like, man, this was, like, trench warfare. This was, like, chemical mm-hmm. agents. This yeah. was, like, if if a blanket didn't make it to you, it was, like, death is, death is near. Yeah, and then just, like, people being, like, caught up in no man's land that was like literally just like fields of corpses yeah um hate to see it hate to see it hate to see it war is not good but especially when it's like the first war that's like naval land chemical aerial Mm -hmm. like this was the first war where we were like let's put the bayonets down yep and i'm gonna throw some shit at you yeah and and we're gonna watch you drown yeah and we're gonna revel in it yeah um so on July twenty or on July first, nineteen fifteen, the British car- cargo ship, the SS Iberian, was torpedoed by a German submarine, one of these U twenty eight U boats, about nine miles southwest off the coast of Ireland. Her route was supposed to be from Manchester to Boston, but she obviously didn't make it. And the captain of this particular U boat was named Commander Freyr George G von Forstner. Nice who described what happened after he torpedoed the British vessel. And this is directly from his logbook. He said, On July 1915, our U-28 torpedoed the British steamer Iberian, which was carrying a rich cargo across the North Atlantic. The steamer sank so swiftly that its bow stuck up almost vertically in the air. Moments later, the whole of the Iberian disappeared. The wreckage remained beneath the water for approximately 25 seconds, and at that depth it was clearly impossible to assess when suddenly there was a violent explosion which shot pieces of debris, among them a gigantic aquatic animal, out of the water to a height of approximately 80 feet. Could you imagine? Fuck no, I would shit my pants. Right? You're just like watching like a little mini version of the Titanic go down, and all yeah. of a sudden when that shit just goes like full nose diving in, an explosion happens and a fucking monster comes flying 80 out. feet into the air. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not ready for that. No. Um, and then he, fir- he, he you know, kind of expands on it a little bit by saying, at that moment, I had with me in the conning tower six of my officers of the watch, including the chief engineer, the navigator, and the helmsman. Simultaneously, we all drew one another's attention to this wonder of the seas, which was writhing and struggling among the debris. We were unable to identify the creature, but all of us agreed that it resembled an aquatic crocodile, which was about 60 feet long, with four limbs resembling large webbed feet, a long pointed tail, and a head which also tapered to a point. Unfortunately, we were not able to take a photograph where the animal sank out of sight after 10 or 15 seconds. So here's the thing. Because we're talking Ireland in like Irish channels, people want to say like, it was Nessie. It was the Loch Ness Monster. No, people are fucking stupid. Nessie is clearly, clearly, oh my God, what's up? Lapras. Nessie that does Pokemon. look like a Lapras. Yeah, Nessie's a Lapras. Nessie does look like a Lapras. And this is like a crocodile. Yeah. It's this like a huge. A big old mean crocodile. Yeah. But with web. The only difference really was webbed feet. Is, is that really even much of a difference? Who fucking knows? Yeah. Well, don't email us if there's a, that means something. But that's the only thing. Yeah. The only, and plus. Oh, yeah. It's 60 fucking feet long. I mean, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that like gets me is. I feel like we've touched touched on it before. But like. We know more about outer space than we do of our own oceans. Mm-hmm. 
And every day, it seems like if you look hard enough, you'll find some sort of article about someone discovering something. Oh, 100%. And it's sometimes it's like a weird bacteria that grows in hellish conditions. And other times it's like new gigantic squid size of skyscraper found washed up on the shores of Tokyo. Yeah, or even like terrifying remnants that it's like, the world's biggest whale had a bite taken out of it by something that's clearly bigger. Yeah. You're like, huh? Yeah. It's not great. No. And like part of me thinks it's kind of cool and fun and groovy to think that this is a cryptid. And the other half is like, this is just some fucking Animal Godzilla ass sea monster that lives in the deep, dark depths of the ocean who got it shit rocked accidentally yeah. when a fucking boat sunk but on it. If we want to be poetic, what is a cryptid other than just an animal we haven't discovered yet? True. That's fair. Uh, yeah. But there's something about this resembling something we already know. Yeah, that we can like wrap our yeah, mind around. Yeah, like most cryptids are like the Jersey Devil. And you're like, what yeah. is that? You know? Mm -hmm. Um. Or like a chupacabra, like, and it's this weird, like, demon dog yeah. hyena monster. Or even something like um, Bigfoot. You're like, but yeah, but we don't have gorillas in, like, the United States. Like, it's... Yeah. This, yeah, this I can see. It's, like, hard... It's easier to, like, not suspend your belief because you're like, oh, a crocodile in water? <laughs> Whoa, tell me something I yeah. haven't heard. Yeah, like, haven't you seen... There was a video that, like, got a little popular over the last week showing, like, a crocodile... Like big ass motherfucker, scary ass mo dinosaur motherfucker, and he there was like a speedboat, and it looked like he was in some fucking bog ass swamp, probably in Florida because that's where hell is. Yeah, and it's this fucking little swamp boat is just zooming, and then this dinosaur motherfucker, huge as shit, just like swan dives in, and almost looks like it has its own little like engine on the back of it. It just starts cruising and then goes right under the water, just disappears, takes off like sonic I would speed. take a flare gun out and just put it in my mouth. Yeah. And just end it. Yeah. Before yeah. a crocodile the size of Satan's dick could mm -hmm. get me. It's just like, what do you even do? That's all you can do. I truly. You just, you just scream what's left of your existence into the void mm -hmm. and wait for hell to take you. Yeah, it's true. Um, and something important is like a lot of times when these like military sightings and things happen, it's always like, oh yeah, we're a bunch of drunk soldiers or like a bunch of drunk ensigns or like foot guys. The people who saw this was like foot literally- guys, I just picture dudes who are like, let me, see toes. <laughs> let me see their toes. Let me see their toes. Let me suck on their toes. <laughs> yeah, just in perverts. <laughs> ah, just kidding, not king shaming. Um <laughs> <laughs> your feet are nasty they're nasty so but it's like the literal um the officers of the ship is the chief engineer the navigator the fucking captain and um also there's a difference right there's a difference between like people on a ship who only drink like rum and are dying of scurvy because they haven't had like a fucking orange in like yeah. 200 days and they're like just a day away from like being a pirate and they're like the mermaids and it's just yeah. them jerking off to like a fucking uh god damn it apollo what's that what what are they what are those called it's like a sea lion just jerking off to a sea a lion. manatee a manatee yeah yeah even better well and plus you know the germans aren't that much fun especially in world war one no they're not doing anything fun no when it wasn't like, they're the type who's like, I have downtime, so I'm going to clean my room. Like, they're yeah. those types. Yeah. And, but really, the captain had no reason to make up such an elaborate story because he fucking had no reason to. Um, also, like, he could have gotten a lot of trouble for it. So, submarine captains are held to really strict standards when it comes to documentation in these official logs. And making up a story like that could have gotten him into heaps of trouble. And he also could have looked crazy enough that he would have been ridiculed out of his position on the U-boat, gotten a court-martial, and kicked out of the military. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is that his crew saw it well, um, as well, and they all described it the same way. Um, and they all agreed that if they had to pick which animal it resembled most, it would be a crocodile. Webbed feet, long pointed tail. And so in this account, we have enough people who saw this thing and... There's no real reason for them to lie because if they would have lied about something like that, they would have gotten in trouble. Mm -hmm. And 
That's it. Or is it? Because you're probably like, something like this can't fucking happen twice. No. What if it does fucking happen it's twice? You think does. we're going to come at you with a fucking cryptid story without having multiple sources? There has to be multiple sightings. Get the fuck out of here. What if I told you that it happened three fucking years later? Because it did, bitch. Do you think it was the same dude? The same little crocodile? And he's just like, God no. damn it. This one got it. This one's dead. <laughs> I think that first one, once you get blasted 80 feet out of the water, and then you just like go into your death throes on the surface until you slowly sink. You're probably done. I'd like to think he survived, though. Yeah, maybe like maybe lost in my an heart. Arm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So another captain on one of these German U-boats called the UB85 um, was Captain Lutnant Gunther Kreck. Uh huh. And he patrolled this little 12 miles of channel, hoping to add to the devastating losses of the Allied forces. And he had only been in this area for about two weeks. And although other units were putting up really good numbers of murder, he had yet to do anything worthwhile. And it's you because know what those Germans like to do. Yeah. Murder. <laughs> yeah. So he was just like fucking mainlining coffee right into his eyeballs to mm-hmm. stay awake. So he could just like look for people to kill. Um, so and it's because of this obsession with killing um, allied forces that on the night of April 30th, 1918, off the coast of Ireland, he stood on the top of his conning tower in the middle of the fucking night, peering through his binoculars, just skimming, looking for something to bomb or Typical torpedo. German. Typical German. <laughs> um, and he was scanning the waters with nothing but the full moon to give him light when he suddenly experienced an insanely powerful surge on the starboard side of his submarine, followed by the sound of something kind of climbing onto his deck. And to his surprise, Kreck saw that this something massive was on top of his submarine. He described it as the beast had large eyes set in a horny sort of skull. It had a small head, but with teeth that could be seen glistening in the moonlight. Every man on watch began firing a sidearm at the beast, but the animal had a hold of the forward gun mount and refused to let go. I'm not criticizing this man. I understand that the disposition of saying he was only illuminated by moonlight is supposed to explain this away. Mm-hmm. But what a bullshit ass description. What a bull... He described this, like, cryptid crocodile monster like the same way you would describe, like, your sweetheart to all of your friends in the bunker at war. Like... Large eyes and a horny skull. I mean, yes, but more of, like... Yeah, you might describe your love as horny. Yeah. Like, her eyes glistened in in the moonlight, and she had a small frame. And And it's like... Every man took notice. Like, what, bro? You're talking about, like, a giant crocodile monster. Like, I don't need to... I don't need, like, verbs. Like, this is not... Give me some adjectives, motherfucker. Like, okay, so it had shiny teeth? Like, Yeah. I'm just gonna say it. Crack is the poor man's harshner. Yeah, I really don't... I'm not, like, no offense, but, like, what a shit-ass description. Yeah, well, he's a piece of shit, so... Yeah. Um, not very good at describing stuff. Or killing, apparently. No. Um, so when Crack was on top of his submarine, he had the hatch open, which caused a huge issue when the monster climbed on top of the vessel. And because the monster was so heavy, the 730-ton submarine started to dip into the water, and if enough of the seawater got into the open hatch, the boat would 100% sink. Nightmare um, shit right there. Yes. So Kreck's only option was to tell his men to keep firing at the monster um, with little regard to what damage it was going to do to the hull of the submarine. Sure. So eventually the thing did let go of the gun mount and went back into the water. But they were not out of the woods yet because just the weight of the monster and the grip of it was enough to damage the U-boat so badly that they literally could no longer dive under the water. They were literally a sitting duck in the middle of one of the most contested ocean war zones in the middle of World War One. Sounds safe. Yeah. Honestly, so, that's what you get. Yeah. And so guess what happens? The fucking British Royal Navy rolls up on them sometime later. And these guys are just like, they're like hey. Yeah. They're like, oh, hello. Good morning. Yes. We just, uh, just hanging out. And the British <laughs> are like, we'll kill you. <laughs> nice just, British accent. Nice, I won't. You guys got any tampons? Our prince really loves them. <laughs> oh, and the Germans are like, we don't bleed, we are German. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. So the Ger- I can make these jokes because my grandma's German. Yeah, and also they're white, so who cares? 
Also, <laughs> fuck them. They were on the Axis side. Nobody yeah, cares Yeah, the, we're talking of times of war. We can talk <laughs> yeah. shit on the Germans. Yeah, anytime there's a war that happens, usually it's a safe bet that the Germans are not on our side. Yeah, and like I get it right now. Germany's like cool and like really at the forefront of like the electric vehicle movement and clean energy and whatever. And they're like trying to get their shit together. But like... We remember. Yeah. We remember. You haven't done enough good for us to stop shitting on the people in no. World No. You guys, like, aren't even allowed to have, like, a real military still. Like, yeah, seriously. Oh, fucking year review. Like, you want to talk to me? You you send a note to the red, white, and blue, baby. <laughs> the idea of someone listening to this and be like, they're really mean to Germans. It's like, oh, are we mean to the Germans? <laughs> mean to the Germans. Oh, Maybe they should cry into the strudel. Are we mean to the Germans? We're talking about, like, 1918 Germany. They had a, a world war brewing inside of them <laughs> yeah. that also contained, like, historical atrocities yeah, like I think that we are legally obligated to shit on World War One Germans or they kick us out of the United States. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I don't think we should apologize for talking shit All about right, the Germans. Right. Never. I never apologize. You know what I mean? They say 9-11, never forget. Holocaust, never forget. <laughs> yeah, this is Never for, forget. Yeah, never. Fuck you Germans during that time. Straight up. Unless you're a good one. N- there were good ones. Like Margot, the Margot lady who helped Anne Frank. Yeah. Or was she Austrian? Are they similar? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's American education, baby. (laughs) Whoop, whoop. It's not about us. We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the Royal Navy ship that rolled up on him was called the Coriopsis. And they were a heavily armed drifter. And they were... I can just imagine, like, the British boat that rolls up on them is, like... It's, like, made of, like, white fine china with, like, yeah. dainty little They're all flowers. sipping tea. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know how to do a British <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> For some reason, they're all just prancing over to the side. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing, um, God... <laughs> They're playing croquet on the top of the submarine. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, y'all can come on for tea, but you're not getting the good tea. Like, and then they have crumpets and their pinkies are out. (laughs) We're going to shit on you too, motherfucker. You think we forgot Boston Tea Party bullshit? Never forget. (laughs) Never forget. That's why the British got stomped all over. They were just driving these fucking... T sets. <laughs> are you supposed to? Yeah, are you supposed to be the big dick when you're holding a croquet mallet? <laughs> so it's true. We get it. You play polo. Yeah, <laughs> you can't fight a war to save your life. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Yeah. Where was I? Where did I go? Okay, so anyway, this is apparently a badass ship. Um, but they roll up on the ger- this U-boat just chilling. And everybody is... All the Germans are standing on top of the submarine with their hands in the air. Like, obviously giving up. Last time I saw a German with their hands in the air was not good. It was not a good sign they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> they had both hands in the air. Okay. <laughs> Still feels wrong. Keep your hands down, Germans. Yeah, yeah just... We just, don't need it. Yeah, just chill out. We know what you meant. Like, I don't think Germans should raise their hand if called upon. They should, like, raise a foot. Yes, yeah. <laughs> They've lost their ability to just speak up you in can't. public situations. <laughs> we don't want to hear it for a while. Keep your hands down. Um. So the British cruised on over to see what was going on, and they were met with a bunch of really terrified seamen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who told them the insane story of their attack by the sea monster. I and bet that's a story you would tell if some fucking if the the people you're playing war against roll up on you and your fucking like crushed aluminum can of a fucking vessel and you're just like a sea monster came and it almost got us. Yeah, oh. us. They put their hands up like babies do, like pick me up. Yeah, I and bet. Uh, I wish that we could verify like what happened to this U boat, but the British fucking sunk it. Um, which is standard practice in war. They did get the Germans off. They didn't like murder them all. Um, <laughs> cool but they like they did. Yeah, though. they yeah maybe they did, and they're like the monster did it. Um, but yeah, they got all the Germans off, and then they blew the U boat out of the water because they mm-hmm. didn't want anyone to uh, be able to salvage it. It's fair. So in 2018, an engineering firm called Scottish Power found what seemed to be the sunken UB85. And they did a sonar imaging of the sub, and they weren't really able to see if there was the front hull damage, which could have sunk the uh, vessel. But believe it or not, there is an official sightings record for the Loch Ness Monster. 
And the guy who runs it is named Gary Campbell. And he is somewhat of an expert on sea monsters. And he claims is. that... You know, I'm an expert on sea monsters. You could just say it and you are. Well, hit me up, Gary. <laughs> and you sound dope. Um, and he claims that something in a similar tier tied to Nessie very well could have taken out the submarine. But unfortunately, we can't get into the official record of what happened with the Navy during World War I because all those records were conveniently sealed. And if you look into British intelligence, which could have also disclosed information about this time, you can't find anything there either because they are not allowed to talk about any experiences that happen out at sea. Sounds about right. Um, so some speculate that German records claim Kretsch could have made this entire story up to save face and that he actually tried to submerge without correctly closing the hatch on the submarine, which led to water getting in and ruined the piece of equipment. So instead of telling the British that he fucked up, he thought it would be better to get all of his men in on this lie. And yeah, this theory can work if you think that Crack was like a bumbling idiot, but he fucking wasn't. He was a highly decorated war hero. Um, he received the Iron Cross First Class, Iron Cross Second Class, the U-Boat War Badge of 1939, and the Knight's Cross. He served 10 patrols as commander, which lasted 437 days, and during this time he sank or destroyed 19 ships. He was part of the sinking of the U-558, where his submarine was sunk by a U.S. aircraft, and he and only three other men from his gun crew survived, and he was taken into Allied captivity. He is listed as one of the best U-boat commanders of all time during World War II, and you, like... He you just can... isn't some like you know how you hear about people who bumble their way through the military sure. and you're like, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. I don't see a guy of this caliber making such a shitty mistake. Accidentally leaving a door open. I mean shit happens. Yeah, but this just seems like a high tier of fuck up sure. from the captain. Sure. I c if a if a one of his regular foot soldiers did it, then blame it on them or yeah. blame it on a soldier or be like yeah. yeah you know like i guess that's fair it would have probably been easier to have been like it was jerry and everyone's like a fucking yeah jerry's it's like a very shit. weird thing yeah. and yeah so and there's a lot of possible explanations and people are always going to want to go to nessie when you sure. talk about anything near ireland but i don't think um but there's some other schools of thought and it doesn't necessarily discredit nessie um but it basically says that whatever was lying dormant in the north channel woke up these monsters who were then really attracted to the sonar of the submarines. And it's just unfortunate that when they got too close, they were attacked by the goddamn Germans. I mean, that makes sense. Like, that makes sense to me genuinely. You've got this, like, tiny area of, like, land slash water. Mm -hmm. It's being highly trafficked because of the war with these, like, vessels that are kind of, like, newer technology blasting fucking sonar off and shit, mm -hmm. going bump under the water, like, causing a lot of disturbances. Like, it would make sense, like, if there was some, like, deep, dark, depth, creepy, icky, nasty monster that we've never seen before, and it, you know? Yeah, like, Cthulhu in a much smaller sense. Like, yeah. this area, this is, like, the first time these kinds of... Things are in the water, like submarines are a relatively newish technology, and this is the first time they're in that mm -hmm. area. So naturally, yeah. like, the creatures in the that um, vicinity are going to be curious. Yeah. Um, sure. I can buy all of that. But, but there is another school of thought that these animals may have been there because they were being used by the military. And some even believe that the U-28 monster, the one that was, like, blown up out of the water, mm -hmm. um, wasn't in the water when it blew up, but was actually in the fucking boat being transported by the British. And this isn't even that outlandish when you take a look at some of the documents from the good old CI motherfucking A. Yeah. Before we get into those, I want to also say, like... There's a Smithsonian article called, like, the CIA's top agents weren't even human or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's talking about, like, like, someone really high up in the CIA said, we've never found an animal we could not train. Um, and the person conducting the interview with the Smithsonian was like, never? And he's like, never. And he starts, like naming off like alligators moles crustaceans and he's like yeah like there's never an animal we can't train he was like i'll give you an example like 
we were working with this teacher in this classroom and I went into the bathroom and I saw a spider and we were practicing like whatever they were training before they were using lasers to start. It's all like Pavlovian, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, so I had a laser in my pocket. I know that spiders don't like the wind because it blows their webs down. So what did I do? I would shine the laser and then I would blow on the spider. Shine the laser, blow on the spider. Shine the laser, blow on the spider. Pretty soon, before he even, like, 30 minutes had gone by, he could just shine the laser, and the spider would hunker down Mm -hmm. as if it was preparing for the wind to blow on it. And he was like, that's it. That's that's training an animal. I went back in the classroom and was like, you have a trained spider in your bathroom now. And, like, that was just the CIA's thing. They were obsessed with getting animal operatives because it was a moral gray area for them. Where they and then they were like, we're the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any yeah, morals. Like, we don't we actually, oh my God, actually They laughed in the care. sky and then they used like a fucking endangered bald eagle to light their cigarette and then it's it's so fucking true though. Also, I want to just point out that the first animal that guy said that they could train were alligators. Yeah, it's true. Sounds real similar, doesn't it's it? It's fucking true. Like it just... It is what it is. The Animal Behavior Enterprises, the ABE, has been working with the CIA for since ever. <laughs> like, yeah. So it sounds like really Dr. Evil, but it's reality. And I think we have to, like, remember that we live in fucking crazy land where crazy yeah. shit happens. 100%. And, like, this next one, 100% Dr. Evil stuff because the CIA has so many documents talking about which animals they would use during the war. And one of them, for example, was Project Oxygas, which is where the CIA tried to create murder dolphins. Yeah. With like freaking right. lasers attached to their heads. Freaking lasers. <laughs> <That's my doctor laughs> and, Do you like it? And uh and it was other aquatic animals. So which and then this is like a um I took this from the CIA document that I found. Um, So the Office of Research and Development requests $80,000 be transferred to the Office of Naval Research on Project Oxygas. Dr. Sidney Galler is the cognizant naval officer on this project. The use of redacted Mm -hmm. for the initial contract with redacted Mm -hmm. has proven to be a very effective system. There are no recommended changes in previous security and sterility code arrangements. Redacted will continue as a projected office in this contract and will monitor ICE execution. I love when documents just say redacted because it's like they're basically telling you without telling you. Yeah. Like you can't read it, but you're like, bro. Yeah. And the one that like really fucked me up on this was not only sterility code arrangement. So they're making things sterile, Mm -hmm. but then they're also talking about monitoring ICE execution. So they're getting something from the ICE, right? Mm hmm. And then that's something they don't want it to breed. Yeah. So what are they? Fu- they're Jurassic Parking, releasing shit out into the wild. Yeah. This is not a slippery slope at all. Life finds a way. Um, there was also a document talking about Project Chirology. And I was like, what the fuck is Chirology? It is the study of reading palms. Reading palms? Yeah, like palm reading. Like, I can look at your hand and tell you how much money you're going to make. Yeah. It is all. And so this project, Project Palm Reading. Mm-hmm. Was talking about their funding of a program so long as they had support of the Navy's boat and crew. In this document, called The Briefing of Admiral Taylor, Dr. Stephen L. Aldrich, who was the deputy director of the CIA's research and development, wrote a meeting that he had with a naval officer specifically stating in his brief that this admiral of the ship was asking unusually intelligent questions about the animal programs with which he was not completely unfamiliar and the document goes on to state that he was particularly particularly interested in the redacted of the dolphin, and he was interested in redacted and also the bird program. Sounds about right. I gave him a brief rundown on our situation with respect to redacted. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, the research and development guy gave the admiral a book called King Solomon's Ring. And so what is this book about, you ask? Uh, I looked it up. It is about the ability to speak to animals. Good. And even the quote, this is a fucking quote, the hazards that an animal can pose and the ways in which a pet's captivity can make it miserable, offering some ways to avoid these eventualities. The 
fucking end. So where do you fall? That the CIA had a giant uh, Godzilla? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, you don't think that it was a Godzilla in the water and then sonar hit its head and it was like, hey. Yeah, so I, okay. Nessie, real. Don't even have to debate okay. that. Okay, well. So Nessie, totally real. Okay. I don't think what we have here was Nessie. No. I think we have like big ass alligators yeah. or crocodiles. Yeah. Sea, sea animals. Yeah. Do I... So the one that's interesting is the one that people want to make the argument the British were transporting it. And the transports that were going through were going to the United States. And the United States talks specifically in the CIA documents mm-hmm. about using animals yeah. during war. And then in this one specific document, the deputy director of the fucking CIA's research and development is talking to an admiral. And specifically notes that he gives him a book called King Solomon's Ring. Why this would be in a CIA document, like, is some completely innocuous reason. Like, why would you mention that? You know what I mean? Like, you have this entire document talking about redacted, 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 the bird program, the animal program, the ice expeditions. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, and by the way... I gave him a book called King Solomon's Ring. That was like the end of the document, right? Yeah. So what I'm thinking is there were animals and there was a level of control that the CIA was trying to get their hands on. And the animals that they mention are dolphins and birds, but the animals that are redacted were sterilized and extract it like had ice extraction involved mm-hmm. um that's like a lot of fucking gray area to deal with like that's too much gray area yeah so i think that they're yeah yeah i'm gonna go all the way down the slippery slope <laughs> they had dinosaurs okay. that they got out of antarctica oh my it's god it's always antarctica Jesus and then they used king solomon's ring to not only speak to them mm-hmm. but figure out how they can make them captive in the way that would maximize most carnage and damage it's tough for me (laughs) i don't i clearly gave you the evidence it's tough for me because if i want to play your game and say sure you know what i mean if we're gonna live in like king solomon ring talk to animals land where we extract dinosaurs from the ice it's not that far-fetched and we also think that like the germans in world war ii were like basically trying to find the holy grail of eternal Mm -hmm. life so they could access like magic sure crazy is reality but if i'm to believe for me i don't have to think that they extracted it from the ice or something it could just have been like deep in the water and got got a fucking bomb dropped on its head and it was like hey sure so I mean, I'll, I'm willing to believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's as Jurassic Park as you think. But I, I appreciate your Jurassic Park. The crocodiles, the cryptid crocodiles. And the thing is, is like, they don't call it like the crocodile monster. It's the U-28 incident yeah. is what it is. It doesn't even have like a name. We've assigned it the crocodile name. Yeah. But it was so out of the realm of possibility of being a crocodile mm-hmm. that they call it the U-28 incident. So don't let us diminish. No. It's not just a crocodile that was in the water. It's it a was very special crocodile. fucking something. And the only way they could describe it was crocodile-like. It's yeah. the same way the Mothman were like, uh, it's a guy with big red eyes with moth wings. You're yeah. like, okay, it's not literally a man with moth wings. That's just the only way we can fucking describe it. Sure. The same way Bigfoot's not a gorilla or an ape. It's I a mean, fucking thing. Sure. Distinct. <laughs> very distinct, yeah. right? Um, so... These two incidents, uh, I think it would be cool if the British were transporting these, like, cryptid monsters to the United States to get them to the CIA or whatever predated the CIA to get control of them. Because mm-hmm. the Germans were doing fucking crazy stuff during World War II. Absolutely. Also, Hitler tried to bomb Britain by shooting bombs into the sky because he thought Earth could have been concave. Yeah, never you know? said he was smart. Yeah, so it's like a lot of crazy stuff was happening, and they were literally trying to do all this stuff. They boast they can train any animal. Yeah. The 
they let us know that they were using animals as weaponry, mm-hmm. but only some animals. Yeah. They redacted the rest. Yeah. And I don't disagree that it could be a possibility for anything else. <laughs> I yeah. just think maybe. Well, because like the guy? CIA let us know that they were sterilizing American citizens. They're like, yeah, that's fine for you to know. Yeah. What shit are they putting in these redacted documents that's worse than anything they've already disclosed so far? That's a fair point. So, so. they, um, I don't think that they were crocodiles. I think that there's something else. You think it's a dinosaur? Pro- well, crocodiles are dinosaurs, right? Yeah. It's something we don't, ha- we haven't discovered yet. Yeah. Um, I want to believe that we took it from Antarctica mm-hmm. because I just want to. Okay. That's, that's my fair. prerogative. That's fair. Um, I appreciate the honesty. But if we're going to be like really honest, it's probably like Greenland that they got it from because that makes more sense geographically. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, totally something happened in this small stretch of water. And thank God, thank fucking Christ, they didn't got got Nessie because that just would have been unacceptable. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think this was Nessie. No, I'll die to protect Nessie. Yeah. <laughs> So, I could take it or leave it on Bigfoot. I don't, I kind of don't give a shit about Bigfoot. I'm going to be real. Like, I want Bigfoot to be, like, okay. I want Bigfoot to thrive. I want it to have a great family. Sure. But, like, Nessie, too cute to allow yeah, anything bad like to happen Yeah, I feel like Nessie has never really done anything but exist. It's like the Lapras of Ireland. Yeah, it is. Just kind of, like, really chill, not bugging yeah. anyone. Yeah. Everyone else, all the other cryptids do something nefarious. And I I don't, I can't recall off the top of my head Bigfoot doing something not cool, but he seems like a not cool guy. The thing with Bigfoot that really grinds my gears is that I think Bigfoot's more tied into alien stuff than actual, like, of this earth cryptid shit. There's a whole, shit. like, Bigfoot is an interdimensional time traveler shit that I yeah. just can't even fuck with. Yeah, I so I fuck with it. If I had to throw my stone into a Bigfoot pond, it would be that the Bigfoot is alien, not of this earth. So you want to know what? I want to see his fucking green card to come Whoa. down here. Whoa! And fucks with me. That's, that's not a that little is racist. a very yeah. That's very American of you. Yeah, American I know. I went too far with the a. cosplay. Uh, <laughs> I think I don't think that borders are real. Sorry, Bigfoot, but there is a border around Earth. Don't come here. No, I say fuck it. <laughs> you just want them all to come I can land no. here dog one of the most vivid dreams I ever had was that I was walking across the street like right over here over to um, Piper Down the bar uh-huh. and I hit the little crosswalk thing and I looked up in the sky and it was like a perfectly clear blue sky and like these almost Simpson like white clouds Okay. and I look up and then I look down and then I look up again and all of a sudden the entire sky is filled with all of these different spacecraft like we're being invaded that would be terrifying and that was the dream I always have wondered like what I would do would I collapse in on myself and just be a shell of a person until the aliens get me or do I become that person who takes like the machete I got for Christmas and shave my head and use the blood from the Nyx to like put on war paint mm-hmm. and just fucking Mad Max Mel Gibson my yeah. way through some alien carcass yeah. with Puffin and his adorable be? backpack. Who are you going to be and you in know, the alien apocalypse? We never know until that time comes. It's true. I'd like to think. Here's the thing. I have two demons fighting inside of me. Mm-hmm. The one who's like, go on a path of wrath and destruction yes and the other one that's like so nihilistic that's like tis the end yes (laughs) same like (laughs) like yeah i'm gonna take every antidepressant i own and every like i'm gonna get real fucked up on pills i'm gonna gargle down some wine i'm gonna run down the street naked i'm gonna yell at the people who have slighted me i'm gonna raise puffin up in the air like baby simba and i'm just gonna wait for the ray beam to kill me yeah or, or I lace up my boots all the way to the fucking top. Tight. Hair in a ponytail. Got to. Shave it. It's in the yeah. way. Shaving it. I'm going to Amazon cut off my titties so yeah. that they don't get in the way of my fighting. Yeah. And I'm going to start turning yeah. alien skulls into soup bowls mm-hmm. and mama hungry for yeah. sweet broth. I'm going to be the human predator. Yeah. I don't know. It well, depends on only the, time will tell. Only time will I think tell, it really yes. is depending on the mood. How did I sleep the night before? Yep. Did I have to go into work? Am I three yeah. hours into a shift and then the apocalypse happens? Sure. Am I a little gassy that yeah. day? How bloated am I? Like, is it hot outside? True. 
is it did it recently have that slushy snow that we get mm-hmm. and then is it gonna like get in my shoes and make my feet cold yeah it really it's all circumstantial very circumstantial but those are the two demons but when the stars align <laughs> we'll don't see. come for me we'll, we'll see how it goes yeah and see ya when push comes to shove i hope i hope i would i could maintain gryffindor status and not full-on here's out. the other thing though what's the version of being rambo going well during an alien invasion what you you get to have a a whole entire um blown up apartment complex to yourself you know yeah i mean but like like i really think if an alien invasion happened we wouldn't have enough to stop them completely that would prevent yeah horrific damage yeah what would we be just refugees in our own world right um if puffin's happy i can be happy sure if they take out puffin then yeah, there's no amount, there's no force on this earth yeah, or in this universe. Gonna, like I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm taking somebody with me. I'm pulling the like. I will take the grenade and pull the pin and go running into the. Yeah, see, that's what maybe I could get behind. I think I honestly think that might be it. That's the perfect. That's doing both of the things that yeah. my, my mind is telling me I to do. I could see you. I see that for you because not only would you do something for the greater good. But then you'd be over the bullshit so fast that you're like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. But like, I'll do this one thing on Mm -hmm. my way out. Mm -hmm. But then I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's my role is to commit suicide for the population. And we all have our parts to play. Exactly. Not everyone can play drums. No. Not everyone can play cymbals. No. Some of us just got to play the bass. I don't know. Some of us just got to take a grenade in our mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah uh, shit so there's your yeah. there's your weekly uh thought exercise who are mm-hmm. you gonna be when the yeah. aliens go? <laughs> we would like to know yeah just uh reach out and also if you have an idea for an episode that you want us to cover uh hit us up yeah hit us up because we read everything we do and uh if there's enough so like what i base good content off is if we can write five pages single spaced about it it's true we wanted to do this cryptid episode about the baba yaga who is like Mm -hmm. the german witch but there's nothing really cool about her other than like folklore right um in the same way that like i would say there is about krampus no one's like and i was walking home on a sunday yeah. night and i heard the chains dragging on the ground and i turned around yeah. and it was krampus it just, throwing me in a basket yeah it's just it's like fun stories that everyone knows mm-hmm. so try if we don't cover it that might be why yeah but i mean we could i don't know we could do like a two minute episode about something. <laughs> I don't want to turn anyone's ideas away. Wow, that's really inclusive of you. Yeah. Who knows? We'll get around to it eventually. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I also... I want to say a Hail Satan here, and I also want to say um, I had the pleasure of watching a um, Church of Satan documentary, mm-hmm. like, unseen footage. Mm-hmm. It only had a release of, like, 2,000. Okay. And I watched it last week, and it was really fucking cool. Um, unfortunately, like I, I hate Anton LaVey. I think he's the worst. But there is something so fucking groovy about like the Church of Satan. They were interviewing people who were taking part of it. Mm-hmm. And like this one woman, I don't remember her name, but she was like older. She was probably like in her 60s or 70s. Okay. And she was like smoking with one of those like 1920s cigarette holders. She had a white, like tiny micro bob. Like she literally looked like a flapper who had aged. It was like you in like 50 years. Yeah, probably. And she's sitting there and she's talking about how she doesn't have, she never had kids and she didn't want them because she wouldn't want to raise them in this world. And she's got her dogs and, and she's just like the most radical fucking bad bitch and she's like hinting at like fucking all these like young 30 year olds that are in the church of satan and like the church of satan was one of the first organizations to accept like anyone who was like gay or queer or non-binary and like without even realizing it like he anton Levey was saying these like profound things he was like it doesn't matter yeah like we don't treat them any different it doesn't fucking matter right um, and I just think that was really groovy. But then Apollo. He's just leaking gas. Stop being gross. Um, but then 
because Anton LaVey was a big fan of ritual uh-huh. and like acting out, essentially. Like we said, cosplaying Dracula. Yes. Um, and they bring out, they always had a naked woman on the altar, whatever, heavy metal rock on. <laughs> and uh, But then they bring out like a fucking python. Yeah. And like the naked girls are like dancing with the python and they're getting like a little weird with it. Yeah. Like first you're like, the snake is clearly agitated, put it down. Yeah, you're going to get bit. Yeah. And then they're like wanting it to like ride up in between their coochie lips and i'm just like this is where we stop yeah you don't need to be sexy with animal abuse no the snake doesn't want that leave it alone i was like damn it anton Levey. yeah like i for a second there i was like this guy he knew what was up and then they did that weird shit and i was like god damn it Here's the thing that Anton LaVey was smart about was he saw the writing on the wall with like social progression, all this stuff. What he did wasn't really that profound, right? And just being like, yeah, you can be cool with everybody. But what he did was he set a standard where now if like regular religions want to be like, oh, we're also cool with everybody. He can say, yeah, because the church of Satan did it first. Yeah. So, um punk rock in that sense where he was like i'll call you the fuck out on your hypocritical standards less punk rock on like just leave the snake alone man just leave it alone uh the only time i want to see a snake agitated is when jake the snake has his cobra bite randy <laughs> savage the best that is also not great use of animals but oh and w- so something me and noel were talking about before uh the episode started is that i'm super fucking new at my job and now they also have me training someone super fucking new i don't know what i'm doing and so all i did was show her youtube clips of such things as jake the snake having his snake bite Jesus randy savage Christ. and then they're like what are you training her on and i'm like oh i'm showing her youtube clips of wwe superstars because i'm also new and i don't know what i'm doing and they're like <laughs> and like walked out of the room i'm like i am openly telling you that i'm fucking her up they just thought it was so that your response was so ridiculous it had to have been a joke they just think i'm so whimsical and fun and i'm like i don't know what to train her i all i'm allowed to do here is answer the phone well, train her how to do that. Train she, her how to answer the phone in different accents because yeah, you're really it's good like, at them. I'm like, here's how you answer the phone. She's like, got it. And then I'm like, well, that's it. Yeah, that was <laughs> it. That's like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Well, you know. So if anyone of my coworkers are listening to this, great. Uh, tell me what your favorite WWE superstar <laughs> is now that you know who to look for. Oh, God damn it. Okay. Uh, hail Satan. Uh, hail crocodiles. 